Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Well, this is Heart of the City. My name is Chuck Olmsted. I'm the Director of Local Ministry Development here at KGNW Radio, and I always enjoy this time together because we get a chance, an opportunity to share the goodness of God, the grace of God, and tell the story of, of people's lives and how the Lord has worked in their lives. Today I have with me two gentlemen uh, that uh, I think you're going to be very interested to hear their stories. Um, Cameron Burke is the founder of Absolute Ministries, and Joey uh, Bendixson is uh, uh, a part of that ministry as well. And uh, Joey and Cameron, welcome this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to have you here and uh, to be able to share your story, Cameron, but and especially Joey's story as well as how Absolute Ministries is working in his life and 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 uh, f- tell me a little bit about Absolute Ministries. What what is Absolute Ministries? Sure. Well, it uh, the story starts uh, in my life, and I came through an uh, inpatient program for drug and alcohol addiction in 2003, and I ended up working for them for a number of years, a faith-based program. And when I was working for them, I noticed a uh, a cycle in guys, and that is they experience life change, they experience uh, even a heart change, and they get out and they don't know how to practically walk it out. And so we founded Absolute Ministries in 2009 to house and mentor these individuals uh, that are completing inpatient rehab and want to follow Christ. So it's so absolute is not necessarily a rehab ministry. So people don't go there to 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 deal with those issues necessarily. It's after they've dealt with those issues and the and coming out of a, a drug or alcohol program. Correct. Yep. So uh, what are the needs that that are with with individuals that are coming out? What why do you have to have that follow up kind of a program? Sure. Individuals that are coming out of rehab have, uh, they know they don't want to go back to where they've come from. And so they need a safe place where they can go and they need a team of people that's dedicated to their success. And that's what Absolute Ministries provides. We have a network of employers that are ready to hand out uh, jobs. Um, They're partners of ours and we also help them manage their money. Uh, you know, unfortunately, in the in the field of addiction, there's not a whole lot of uh, ability in handling money. Mm-hmm. People are usually used to just handing their money 
to a drug dealer or the bartender after they get paid. Um, and so we provide some structure in how to start saving and budgeting and being responsible. Yeah. Well, Joey, you, uh, you're you here with us today. How long have you been a part of, of Absolute Ministries? Uh, almost two years. Two years. Yep. So, so let's go back a little ways and mm-hmm. talk about how you got to the point where you started uh, being involved with Absolute. Absolutely. So uh, take me back. Uh, how old are you, Joey? I am 29. 29. Yeah. So what was your your life like uh, growing up? Where you, did you grow up in the Portland area? Yes. Uh, I grew up in Gresham, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents split up at a really, really young age. Uh, I, was, I think I was like two um, went with my mom. We moved down to Gresham from Longview. Um, my mom met my stepdad right away, and they got married right after the divorce was final. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly torn between each parent. Uh, my dad thought it would be punishment for my mom if he didn't show up to pick us up as kids. Um, so we, he'd call us up and say, hey, I'm coming to get you. And so we'd get super excited, you know, five and six years old, and... We'd wait for him. We'd pack our bags and go outside and wait for my dad to show up, and he wouldn't come. Mm. And that that destroyed us as kids. Um, I soon found out that to get any attention from my parents, if I acted out, if I rebelled, I would get some kind of attention from them. Uh, that went on for, for quite some time. Uh, and I obviously, s- as a kid, you didn't realize that's why you were doing that. Right. You, it's it's just something mm-hmm. the kids do because somehow then you got attention. Right. When you were misbehaving. Because my mom was always working. Um, and so when we'd get home as kids, like, she'd be super tired from work, like, wouldn't pay attention to us. So I I wanted affection somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I got it. And... The rebellion grew and grew and grew and grew. I think uh, I started smoking cigarettes when I was sixth grade, um, just for that sense of acceptance at school from other other children, other kids, and to be cool, you know. And that grew into uh, I think I was eighth grade. I started smoking weed. Um, that grew and grew and grew, and then by the time I was seventeen years old, I was using opiates Mm. um, on a regular basis. Um, My little sister died my senior year of high school, uh, right after she was born. And to numb the pain, I knew taking opiates would do that, so I continued to do that. And that manifested into a heroin addiction. Um, Led me into 10 years of opiate use. A lot of destruction along the way. a lot of destruction. Uh, I robbed my dad, my grandpa, anybody that had anything. I took it mm-hmm. just so I'd get high. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your mindset like, you know, during that time? You, you know, selfish. Uh, yeah, yeah. An addict's mind is totally different, isn't right. it? I mean, you know, the justification and and all of that is right. is pretty is is pretty amazing, right? Uh, well, you know, it was all about me. I needed to get high. I wanted to get high. I didn't care about anybody else but myself. It was what can you give me? Mm-hmm. Um, just selfishness. 
you know, I used everybody that came in my path, whether your family, friend, um, or just anybody. Like I remember when I was using, I would, I would walk around with a gas can and ask people for gas money just so I could get high. Mm-hmm. Like it was just selfishness. Um, but yeah, I, what was, uh, and obviously your, your family, your, your mom and stepdad and your mm-hmm. parents were, were they aware of the level of your addiction? Did they Not know? at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, they knew, they knew something was up, but I, I hit it very well. Like, uh, so you were still in school, um, or had you dropped out? No, I graduated high school, graduated high school. Graduated so, high and school. so you were, you were using, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much during high school. Mm-hmm. Graduated high school. Uh, I went to college for a few weeks, um, uh, at Mount Hood community college, but dropped out because it was, uh, cutting into my party time. Mm-hmm. Um, but always maintained a job while I was using, um, lived a double life, really, you know, it looked good on the outside, but really like everything was just destructive inside. Yeah. Yeah. So much of, of addiction, uh, in that lifestyle has to do with deceit, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Not only lying to yourself, but lying to everybody else and truth, truth and, and lying somehow get mixed up uh, in the mind and, and you oftentimes don't know your own reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing to, to watch, isn't it? Yeah. Was there, what was your spirit, the spiritual focus like in your life? Was there any, any thought of the Lord or God, or did you ever talk out to God and say, who are you? Or? Um, I knew there was something else. I didn't know what it was. Um, the first time that I really called out to God was the day before I went into treatment for the last time. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was sleeping in the airport at Portland airport. Um, I had just tried killing myself. I tried overdosing. Um, I had woken up and I call I cried out like, God, if, if you're real, reveal yourself, show me that you're real. Mm-hmm. And the very, very next day, um, I went to DHS and I was looking, f- looking for treatments and my mom I don't talk to my mom now. I still don't. She doesn't, we don't have any kind of relationship. And she emailed me on Facebook and said, you know, if you're looking for help, call this number. And so I did. And it happened to be the uh, teen challenge. And uh, it, it was funny. So we did a phone interview and, and the guy, he was like, there's a faith-based program. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'll just fake my way through it. Uh-huh. Uh, my ex was pregnant at the time and, and that's why I was homeless because I had relapsed and she'd kicked me out. And she told me if I didn't get help, I would, I wouldn't be a part of that baby's life. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just fake it through until, until the baby's born and then I'll leave and I'll be this great father and da, 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 da. But, um, so I went into the program hour, half late, an hour and a half later. And, uh, I was full withdrawals, just hating life. Two days into the program, uh, this man came to do chapel, and he looked, he looked at me in the midst of 30 guys and goes, how do you expect to be a father when you can't even take care of yourself? And I'm like, how does this guy know who I am? Because hmm. I'd never seen him before, never spoke to him. And he had an altar call that night, 
after after the service and I came down there and he he was praying for guys he walked up to me put his hand on my shoulder and I start bawling hmm. and he goes are you done are you done running and I go yeah he goes are you ready to accept the Lord I said yeah so I did and the very next day I woke up and my withdrawals were gone hmm. and that's that was it for me that was the turning point the point where I realized that God was real and he did care about me mm-hmm. and so you know it's all it's all good after that right <laughs> no <laughs> right <laughs> no <laughs> so, so I, I go through this program um, my ex has the baby in June hmm. um, DHS took custody of the baby because they both came up positive for meth at time of birth hmm. and so Teen Challenge was amazing in that. They helped me go to DHS, visit the baby. They helped me fight for custody. Um, but I wasn't on the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So I had to prove that I was the father. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a DNA test. Uh, two months two months later, I found out that I wasn't the dad. And so I was ready to leave. I'm like, everything that I had been working for in Teen Challenge was to be a father. And that was taken from me. In, in, in that moment is what I thought. Wow. And so I was like, what am, what am I doing here? And uh, <laughs> one of my friends goes to me, he goes, don't leave. Just hold off. Wait, wait the weekend because it was a Friday. Uh, Monday morning came around. I was in devotions in, in the chapel. I was, I was reading this devotion on second chances. It talks about how God, we have a God of second chances and he wants to give us second chances in life. And I really meditated on that. And I, I heard in my heart God say, I'm not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. And I start bawling like a baby. I'm looking around because like, I'm like, did you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I realized that this is my second chance to be a father the right way, to be the father that I want to be, to not have my past follow me, mm-hmm. to leave that all behind and walk forward. Mm-hmm. And so I stuck it out, and I stayed. I stayed until the end. Because the average addict would leave, right? Right. I mean, For sure. you're going to get yeah. out of there. I, right. I, I can't handle this anymore. Right. But the Lord gave you strength at that time. Right. He got a hold of my heart. For sure. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Always chasing us. Right. Even when we're not pursuing him. Yeah. And uh, so I went. That was September. That was August. Um had some hiccups the rest of the program because I was I took off that facade of of doing things my way and uh, had some hiccup, hiccups started dealing with some real issues mm-hmm. and then coming towards the end I was like oh man what am I gonna do like I gave up everything to come here I don't have anywhere to go my dad's like oh you can visit anytime you want but you can't stay here mm-hmm. and uh, so somebody was like Cameron had came by. Um, a couple months before I graduated and just gave a spiel on uh, Absolute Ministries and what they offer. And uh, and it sounded good, but I'm like, ah, I'm not moving to Seattle. No way. And uh, when I had nothing left, somebody was like, hey, call that camera guy up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. He just called saying he had some beds open. And so I did. Me and Cameron talked a little bit and sounded good. Still hadn't made up my mind. I was like, eh. And, uh, so I came up with this this alternate idea, like, oh, I'll just stay in Gresham and 
and live in an Oxford house, get a job, and mm-hmm. and uh, and everything will be okay. And uh, I went on past that weekend to my dad's house. I was in uh, in my devotion time, and uh, was reading in First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. It said, uh, "Do not be deceived. Bad morals corrupt good or bad morals corrupt good people." Mm-hmm. And I really bad, bad company corrupts good bad morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. There you go. Thank you, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but uh, really meditated on that, and and God spoke to me, and He said, you know, if if you go back to Gresham, Joey, everything that you've worked for is going to go down the drain. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up hanging out with the same people that you hung out with before. And I was like, ah, <laughs> just frustrated. Didn't, still didn't, no. And then the the very next day I went to church and, and the pastor goes, how do you expect, he was giving us a sermon on authentic faith and he goes, how do you, how, how can you call yourself a Jesus follower if you won't get out of the boat and walk in faith? And just slap me right in the face. Hmm. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll go. <laughs> so I posted on Facebook and I'm like, all right, I'm moving to I'm moving to Auburn. I'm going into Absolute Ministries after after Teen Challenge. And Cameron commented on it because we were Facebook friends at that time. And he goes, "Well, I got some job opportunities lined up for you. Uh, give me a call on Monday. We'll see see where we're at." So I give him a call on Monday, and he's like, "All right, where do you want to work at? What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I got this, 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 and this." And he goes, "Choose one." He goes, "You can work anywhere you want." And I'm just, I'm shocked. Like, you've never even met me before. How do you know? How do you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I graduated TC and then uh, came up. I Obviously, I wasn't working. I was in a program. Couldn't pay first month's tuition. Um, Cameron had said to me, give me 40 hours working around the house and I'll pay your first month's tuition. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that somebody had actually like shown me authentic love without ever meeting me. And it was backwards. Like I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And, uh, I've seen that countless times being here for almost two years. I've seen that countless times with countless guys. Um, and I'll, I, told Cameron this today like I will never get tired of seeing that yeah it's it's amazing uh so I got a job within the first week of me being there a full-time job uh working in a warehouse um it was it taught me a lot I was there for a year and a half um faithfully Mm -hmm. showing up to work every day working hard and something I'd you know, I had had jobs when I was using, but I wasn't working hard. Like I was working to get a paycheck right? so I could get high. And yeah, it was, it was a blessing for sure. And now what are you doing? Uh, I'm an electric electrician's apprentice. Very good. I just got that job uh, two months ago. It, uh, <sighs> career. Yeah. Sustainability. Uh huh. To be that father that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. or that I still want to be, mm-hmm. to support a family, to be the godly father that I want to be and husband. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It is. Well, Cameron, um, you know, Joey's story is is so unique, but yet it's so similar to probably so many other 
men and women that you've run across over your time as in ministering with people with addiction issues. Um, That's right. What what is the, what is the need when someone comes out of a program like Teen Challenge, or comes out of jail, or comes out of you know wherever, where they may have burned all the bridges everywhere with their family, with their friends, they've ripped people off, you know, and, and they can't stay in the same place that they were. Right. And so where do they go? Well, an ideal situation would be somebody applying for Absolute Ministries uh, within a month of their completion date, wherever they find themselves in whatever program they're in. And then they would come to us uh, right after completion, and we would begin the process of um, – getting them involved in their new community and not mm-hmm. only in the house with other guys we have three houses actually mm-hmm. um, down in Auburn but also in the local community um, in the church and uh, like Joey mentioned with jobs and it's not about um, the addict always thinks about what's easy right now and we try and not think like that we try and think about how are you going to make the best possible choice so that you can have the the highest chance of success. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is coming to Absolute Ministries and surrounding yourself with a team of people that's dedicated to your success. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, and, and this program is airing not only on a Christian teaching and talk station, but also on, um, you know, a news talk and a business talk station. And so, but there are people who are listening to this program whose frame of reference is that that it, they're they were a Christian family, mm-hmm. and somehow they they feel like since they're a Christian family that they can handle this on their own. You know, if they've got a, a, a spouse that's in addiction, or if their kid is in addiction, or that sort of stuff. That you know, out of all of this, you're you're going to be able to uh, handle this, and you know. Joey's going to be able to come back home, and everything's going to be okay. But that really is pretty unrealistic, isn't it? Yes, very much so. I think that uh, notion flies in the face of even biblical teaching, um, wanting to do things on our own, being a part of a community, meaning the church. And also, uh, in addiction, family is statistically a horrible choice for somebody coming out of an inpatient program. Uh the individual knows how to push family's buttons, mm-hmm. knows how to get what they want. Um, unfortunately, uh, just call it what it is, manipulation. Mm-hmm. And um, they need somebody that's walked in their shoes, that knows what it looks like when something's maybe a little bit amiss and can call them out on it, but love them perfectly through it. And oftentimes the family, it's because, they're, especially if it's a, quote, Christian family, they're so embarrassed by the whole situation. Mm-hmm. They don't want to even acknowledge mm-hmm. that, that you know, there's an addiction issue there within their family, and then they don't want to acknowledge that they can't handle it, that they, as a, as a parent, can't handle it. Yeah. You know, and so there's all those dynamics, you know, that are going on. For sure. Yeah. Yep. So, so if you're, as we're uh, wrapping the program up here today, what would you recommend to a family member uh, who's listening to this program today, who's... Maybe their loved one is in an addiction uh, program right now mm-hmm. and, and soon getting ready to, to get out. What would you say to them as they're helping to navigate through this process? Yeah. 
do not necessarily allow them to do whatever they want to do. I mean, the individual can certainly make their own choices, but don't give them a handout. Um, they need to really wrestle with how am I going to be successful? What's this going to look like? And the path of least resistance is the addict's automatic. And that is not the path to success. The path of least resistance is, in fact, addiction when we're pursuing that substance for pleasure. And uh, so speak against that and, uh, and feel free to call us. We'd love to help individuals, whether it's getting into a faith-based treatment program or the next step in coming to us for sustainability. Yeah. So how does someone reach out to you? If, if they're listening to this program today and they're, they, they want to talk further with you, yeah. speak further with you. So they can call us. Our 800 number is 877-306-5799, or they can find us online at absoluteministries.org. Very good. Well, with me today has been uh, Cameron Burke, founder of Absolute Ministries, and Joey Bendixson, who's been apart for a couple of years and has been helped by the ministry. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, Call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to KGNW.com.